Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. All righty. How's everybody doing today? Come on. Three people doing good. How you doing today? Good. Good to see you this morning. Uh, got some good things happening here at Westside. As you can tell, over the last four or six weeks, we've been kind of getting, getting back to business, uh, getting some events and some functions and some things happening around here. We're coming alive again. Uh, we were forced to be zombies for a little while, and uh, now we're coming back to life. So please pay attention to stuff that's going on so that you can be a part, so that we can come together as a family, as a family again. Now, uh, last week I had, sa- I had said I'm going to be speaking on enduring faith this week. When I said that last week, it totally slipped my mind that we were supposed to be out of town this week. Milarana, uh, along with Emerald and Jake, was supposed to be at a fundraising ball for uh, CERT Ministries. For those of you who doesn't uh, know what that is, uh, that is a human trafficking organization that me and Lorana has been working with for about 10 years now. And every year they do a ball and usually we're involved. Well, something changed this week, so we wasn't able to go. So that, that's why uh, that kept us here. But I had already planned for Jake to speak. So I didn't want you to think that I was just telling you I'm going to be speaking on something then backed out of that. I will be speaking on that next week. And this week, Jake is going to come and he's going to bless you with the word. Will you give it up for Jacob Wallace? For those of you that you may or may not know, uh, Jacob is our youth pastor, but Jacob is also the youth director over the organization that we're a part of. So we are a part of an organization that has about 50-ish, give or take, uh, churches here in the southern part of California. And Jacob is the director over the youth ministries uh, for the organization that, that, uh, that all those churches are a part of. So anyway, we're blessed to have Jacob uh, and Jessica to be our youth pastors. He's, he's also a hometown, hometown boy, and uh, he's going to give you a word today. So uh, let us go. How's everybody doing this morning? I said, how's everybody doing this morning? All right, I have an excitable personality, so if you follow along with me, this will be real quick and painless, all right? Whew, man, you know, God gives you a word, and, and you, you, you plan, and you plan, and you plan, and, and, and you do your research, and then your pastor preaches it <laughs> the Sunday two weeks before uh, you speak, and, uh, and, but God just kept saying this one word to me. He just kept saying, practice practice. What does that mean? What does practice mean? And growing up as an athlete, even though I don't look like one now, uh, you know, I was, I was 155 pounds, six foot. You know, I didn't look like an athlete. You know, everybody overlooked me because uh, how skinny I was. But man, I was quick and I wasn't scared and I could catch anything that you threw at me. And playing football, I had this I had this uh, mindset in anything that I did that I was going to be the best or at least above average. So 
going through life, whether it's my hobbies, playing video games, sports, cornhole, anything that I did, I made sure that I was going to be the best or at least above average. Now, that works in some scenarios because singing, if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, no matter how much you practice, you're just not going to be able to sing. Um, there are some people who have a voice. They just need a little bit of coaching and they need a little bit of practice and they can be there. But before we get started today, my plan is to take you on this roadmap that, leaves, that leads to application and, and um, hopefully uh, life-changing um, advice or instructions from God's Word. So if you would bow your heads with me this morning and we'll pray. God, I thank you for this opportunity, Father, to, to share my heart and to communicate your word in the way that you revealed it to me. God, I ask that uh, we have open hearts this morning, God, as, as you have already tilled the soil, God, through worship, God, that the seed be planted, God, and it begin to grow as we continue to live our lives for you and you continue to water it, God, and that may you strengthen us, Father, and build us up, Father, to, to become a strong church, Father, in our communities, God, and in our state. Father, we just thank you and give you praise for everything that you have done already and that you are going to do. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said amen. All right, so, you know, being a little nervous this morning, sick to my stomach is usually how it, how it uh, happens coming up here to speak to you all. And it's, it's nice because it keeps you humbled. It, you know, to, we, I think if you're going into ministry and, and you think everything's going to be great, that's when you're going to fail. And I, I love it that I'm nervous because I know that it's from God. And there's an enemy who wants, who wants to keep my mouth shut, who wants to keep me afraid from doing uh, what he has called me to do. And the, one of the first songs we sang was Fearless. And then we talked about testimony. And then we talked about foundation. And I was like, all right, thank you, God, I'm ready. So I'm going to build a foundation with you. I got a lot of scripture this morning. I'm just warning you, if you want to be quick with your, with your Bible. Who's got a physical Bible in here still? Awesome. We're going to be jumping around a lot. They're going to have it on the screen. But I just want to lay this foundation for you before we jump into um, the bulk of the message. Are you ready? All right. So it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That was the New Living Translation. Now we're going to go into the exact same verse, but in the NIV it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Psalms 119, verse 73, it says, You made me, you created me, now give me sense to follow your commands. Psalms 119, 133, it says, Guide my steps by your word so that I will not be overcome by evil. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. With what we have right there, we know that reading God's word is there to give us instruction and directions. Why? So that we can overcome evil. Do not depend on your own mindset, your thinking, your way of things, but trust in God. Proverbs 12, 15, this leads right into it. It says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. That's a word right there. I could just go home after that one. 
And finally, in Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not copy the behaviors or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you in your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How many know God's word is true? There's a difference between truth and facts. Facts is what you know, and truth is what is, and God's word is what is. Okay? So everything, this is a foundation. So everything that we're, we're about to go over, which I'm just calling them the four pillars of being a successful Christian or the four pillars to being a Christian, um, this, is, this is what God had revealed to me that, you know, some areas that I need to work on, some areas he brought me through. Um, and I think just about everybody in here is going to resonate with one of these four things. There's a movie on Netflix. How many of you guys seen the movie Greater? On Netflix? Anybody? I'm going to try and explain it without completely ruining the movie for you. But it's about a, um, it's about a high school football player. He's a lineman. He's a big kid. He's about uh, 6'2", 270 pounds. That's pretty good for high school. But he has this dream and this desire to become an Arkansas Razorback. And uh, so he goes his junior year and visits his colleges and tries out and stuff. And, and he goes to the Razorbacks and talks to the coach and he says, eh, I'm sorry, son, you're a good ball player, but you're just not big enough. And he's like, right, whatever it takes, coach, I, I got to be, I got to play football here and uh, I'll get bigger. And the coach says, all right, you know, you just, you either got what it takes or you don't. So this kid goes through his, his senior year and he gains weight, but he gains weight in the, in the, in the wrong way. But uh, naturally, as, as you get older, you sprout up. So he ended up being about 6'3", 300 something pounds, shows up uh, as a walk-on during their spring training and and you know he's he's struggling you know because he's big in the wrong way and uh, you know he carries his bible with him everywhere he goes uh, he's constantly in the word uh, he's very respectful he's so respectful that he doesn't even walk on grass he stays on the sidewalk the entire time yes sir yes ma'am everybody and um, the coach ends up seeing his heart and begins to work with him and this kid he he practices day and night he 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 gets up early he practices he goes to school, he reads God's word, and he practices after practice. And they're just saying, sorry, son, it's just not what it takes. You know, you're going to have to redshirt this year. And him, him coming from a, a single-parent home and not very well financed, not having very good finances, um, he can't afford to pay for a scholarship at Arkansas. And so he needs uh, to have a scholarship. So he just keeps working. And you, you, you see... The, the practice that he puts in begin to make changes. He gets better. He loses weight. Then he puts weight on back the right way by lifting weights. He's gained that muscle weight. He starts beating out all the starters. He ends up earning a scholarship. On top of that, uh, he's going to this Bible study with his coach. He ends up bringing more players. And as the movie goes on, he becomes an All-American. His whole team's at Bible study. And he gets an offer to play in the NFL. I said all that to say this, that it's because his determination and his practice and his God-given ability and in his faith is the reason why he was successful. Have you ever seen a quality in somebody that you desired, maybe in a movie or in someone's personality, you know? Sometimes it makes me sick that those, those people who are just so nice, you can't, you've never seen them mad. Like, man, sometimes I wish I was a nice guy, you know. I, I jump to conclusions and get all ticked off sometimes. Like, yeah, he said this because of that. He was trying to hurt me, 
you know, poor pitiful me sometimes. So I, I desire to be a nice guy or, or to be an optimist instead of a pessimist sometimes. And those are things that can be practiced. So the first pillar is word. Everybody look to your neighbor and say word. This is what it says in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 22. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourself. Psalms 119.9, how can a young person stay on the path of purity but by living by the word of God? Luke 11.28, it says, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it to what? Practice. Matthew 7, 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into what? Come on, y'all falling asleep on me. Puts them into what? It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by, the, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to practice God's word daily. Even if it's starting small with a devotion, you know, technology is crazy. You, you, you open up the Bible app, you have the Bible on your phone, all the translations, and it's all free. You can set a reminder to say, hey, you know, mine says, it, it says God, or it says spend time with me, you know, like a quote, God. And that's my reminder that at this point in time in the day, I need to stop what I'm doing and give God some of my time. Because after all, all the time that I have is his anyway. I'm going to jump the gun, but God just reminded me of something. Tithe, you know, we think of it financially, you know, but I heard a preacher say one time that, you know, God wants 10% of everything, and God gives us 24 hours in a day, so we need to give him two and a half hours of that day at least and tithe of our time. We need to practice God's word. Next pillar is prayer. Everybody say prayer. It's what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. Matthew 26, 41, it says, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in a confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on, keep on praying. Philippians 4, 6, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ. The first scripture talking about rejoice and pray without ceasing in all circumstance. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Do not worry about anything, but pray about everything. I know there's some of us in here that are in positions of losing our jobs because of things that are being forced upon us. Don't worry about it. Just pray about it because God has got your back. It's the Bible says that, that the sparrows are taken care of and the flowers are taken care of and you are much more valuable than those. So if we got God on our side, what, are, what is there to worry about? 
The enemy's going to come in and he's going to tell us that, how are you going to survive? The food's falling off the shelves. There's no toilet paper in the store. What are you going to do? But if God is for us, who can be against us? In James 5, 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. We need to practice communicating with God. We need to practice praying for others. You know, one thing that, um, you know, Bible talks about being angry but sin not. One thing that kind of brings me to the, right to the edge there is we've all had someone in our life who has been living in the world or maybe not grew up in church um, you know, maybe they're on drugs, they're on the street, maybe they're drinking, whatever it is. They don't have a relationship with God. And they come to God, and it's great. And they're serving God for a couple months, and they're doing everything right. They're getting involved in the Bible study, and something happens, and they, they backslide. What's the first thing we do? They're right here in the water, drowned, and we could throw them a life preserver, throw them a rope, and pull them in. What do we do? We start talking about them. Instead of bringing them up, encouraging them, loving on them, showing them where they need to be because none of us are perfect. We're all broken. That's why we come to church so God can put us back together. But instead of holding people down, we need to lift them up. I've seen it too many times that when I talk to people who used to come to church, they say, so-and-so said this, or the church has done me wrong. And that's not right. That's not right. Whatever happened to grace and mercy? We love it when God gives it to us, but why can't we give it to others? Sorry, that one just really <laughs> takes me off. I just can't stand it. I, I love people and I love God, and, and I can't imagine Jesus pushing somebody away. No matter what it is, nothing can separate you from the love of God. All right, this is a good one. Tithe. Everybody say, show me the money. All right. You heard it, Pastor. In Proverbs 3, uh, 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord your God with, all your, with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled, and plenty, <clears throat> filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. I don't have any vats, and I don't have any barns, so... Um, it's just talking about, you know, your first income, you know, your, your paycheck, whether it's two weeks or once a month, to uh, honor God with your giving, giving faithfully. So we have the first pillar is knowing God's word. When we know God's word, God's word is telling us that we should have a prayer life with him, that we should pray for one another, that we should pray ourselves, which leads to... God's word telling us what we should do with what's already his to begin with. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 9, it says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously <clears throat> will get a generous crop. You must decide in your hearts how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all that you need, all, not all that you want, all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. 
You see why I'm emphasizing those points? Got to remember, I had a drill sergeant when he was giving us instructions on stuff. He would always, he'd always stomp. And every time he stomped, I knew that was something that I needed to remember. Give generously. He'll provide all that you need. You'll have plenty. You'll share with others. Got it? As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Luke 6, 38. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Everybody should be stomping on that one. And we poured into your lap. With the measure you use it will be the measure, will be measured to you. Does that make sense? Be faithful with what God has given you. And when God blesses you with more, it doesn't say, in, you know, upgrade your house or upgrade your heart. No, take that abundance and bless others with it who could use it to further the kingdom. And when I wrap all these pillars together, you're going to understand a little bit more why, if God's not already dropping it on your heart. You with me so far this morning? I know it's a lot of scripture, but when I bring it together, it's going to be good, I promise. All right, fourth pillar, witness. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, can I get a witness? That's what I'm talking about. In Mark, Mark chapter 16, verse 5, it says, And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 5, 16, in the, way, let your, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So God is telling us that we need to share the good news of what Jesus has done for us. And a lot of the times when we're, when we're beginning, not all of us are called to be on a platform or are comfortable speaking. I am very uncomfortable here, but what do I have to do? I have to practice. I have to put myself in that position in order to push past my fears, push past my inability to speak, and slow my brain down so that my mouth can speak. I need to practice. I have ADD, I'm all over the place. But when we're beginning, sometimes we're very uncomfortable, but the best way to share God's word is by letting your light shine in the areas where you're at, in your workplace, in your home, by the way that you speak, the way that you act, and the way that you respond to certain situations. People are watching. There's this trend going on TikTok right now or, or Instagram, if you guys don't know what it is, it's just videos, okay? And what they're doing is they're, they're, they're taking their child, that is, their children that is like five and under, and the mom is handing them certain, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Toiletry items, you know, razor, uh, soap, deodorant, stuff like that. And uh, they're showing them and asking them what to do with it. And so, you know, they're handing them makeup thing, and the little girl's putting the makeup on. Hand them a razor, the little girl's shaving her legs. They're watching. People are watching how you handle certain situations. To me, that's one of the most effective ways of witnessing is by the way that you live your life. But it's not to say to never upgrade to verbally sharing and communicating with somebody. Inviting them to church is another level of witnessing.
Oh, here's another good one. First Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 15. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ as holy, always being prepared to make defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So that means when you're sharing the gospel with somebody or somebody is asking you why you don't cuss or carry on, do all these things, and you tell them it's because I serve God and I choose not to live a life that way, and it begins to talk, they begin to question your faith, and they begin to, to hound you, and then it, they're, they're trying to bait you into an argument to see, see, you're not a Christian. Christians wouldn't act like that. Avoid arguments. You are to share the gospel with gentleness and respect. We're not out here to convert people. We're out here to share the love of God and what he has done for us, that he died on the cross and three days later he rose again. And because of that, he's paid the price of our sin and we can spend eternity in heaven with him. That is our goal. And when we find ourselves arguing with people, we're wrong. Gentleness and respect. Romans 10, 13 through 17, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how can, they be, how can they call on him to be saved unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how, can, how, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. See, y'all know your Bible. Witness. We need to practice. Somebody once said that your testimony is the key to somebody else's prison. Sometimes you just want to hear you're not the only one going through some stuff. And it does, it's, not, it's not a complaint session. It's not, a, not a, a venting session, but sometimes you just got to say, you know what, this is an area of my life that I struggled, and guess what, God brought me through it. You know how powerful that is for somebody? The whole Bible is people struggling through stuff and God taking them through it. Imagine spending 40 years wandering around and finally you, you, you got to the place you were supposed to be at to begin with. It's the same way in our lives, sometimes we wander around trying to figure out what's going to fix our issue instead of going to God right away. The one who's guiding us and pointing us to his will. I'm getting off track now. I decided I wanted to wear a suit because I guess if you're Pentecostal, you know, you got to wear a jacket every once in a while. So we have all those points. We have the word. We have prayer. We have tithe. We have witnessing. I'm going to tell you this morning that if you're struggling, you know, maybe if you're not seeing blessing in your finances, it's because you haven't practiced giving faithfully. If you're having problems holding a conversation with God or praying for others out loud, it's because you haven't practiced. If you're having problems memorizing scripture or quoting scripture, it's because you haven't practiced and do what it says. There are a lot of people who can quote scripture but don't do what it says. If you're having problems telling people about Jesus, it's because you haven't practiced. 
If you're having problems in your marriage, it's because you haven't practiced being a proper husband or a wife. And sometimes that means taking some instead of giving it. Sometimes we've got to listen, not hear, we have to listen to what is being said to be an effective husband or a wife. If we're having problems communicating with our children or our teenagers, teenagers, you're having problems connecting with your parents because you haven't practiced. Too many times it's been, ah, you don't understand. How many parents have seen that? You don't know what I'm going through. And when the Bible talks about forever, like that God's word will live on forever, it's not that somebody's going to continue making Bibles forever. It's, it's everything that is there is relevant to today, no matter how long today goes on. So things that they have experienced are things that we, have experienced, that we are experiencing in just a different way, but it's all applicable to God's word. Am I making sense this morning? All things in life take time, effort, and hard work. John Burroughs said, for anything worth having, one must pay the price. And that price is always work, patience, love, self-sacrifice. No paper currency, no promise to pay, but the gold of real service. I think that's the problem with America and Christian church today is we're afraid to put in the work. How many people we got in here? 180 200, something like that. Well, when it comes to an outreach, we've got eight people, ten people. If we're not fishing for men, are we really following Jesus? That's tough to chew on, right? When was the last time you invited somebody to church or prayed for somebody or shared the gospel with them? You're not alone in this. I'm not pinpointing people out. This is me too. And we're seeing the results of our failure to sow Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.